0: Thanksgiving week. Anybody remember what last week was about? Yeah, pretty practical stuff. Can you be corrected without being offended? (laughs) Yeah, I didn't get too many bad phone calls or anything, so it must be true. Must be true. Um, I got a joke first, and then we're going to get it real serious, just still having pictures of the lady out there in the Cadillac, like, oh. like I heard this just a few days ago, and, and I just, it just cracks me up every time I think about it, you know, oh, she's gone, she's gone, good, that's, that's better, I'm saying, you know, I married her for her looks. Now I would have to say, the looks that she's given me are just not nearly as appealing as they used to be. I, like, I, I don't know if any of you noticed, like, you need to get up there and preach now. I, the look that I got right there, that's one that I'm talking about. Okay, if you'll turn with me to Genesis 3.13, just briefly, I'm, gonna, I'm going to first start talking about our enemy, our adversary. The devil. I don't really like to do a lot of talking about the devil. I don't like to give him a lot of credit. But how many know that we need to know and understand the ways of our enemy so we know how to fight? And we know that, man, we're overcomers. We know the end of the book, and we're going to go there next, actually. Uh, Genesis 3, verse 13. You know, when uh, Eve was tempted, when they were were in the garden, we all know the, the tree in the middle of the garden and that story. Well, verse 13, and the Lord God said to the woman, what is this that you have done? And the woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. Everybody say deceived. Yeah, deceived. He is the master of deception. Okay, I wanna let's let's go back to Revelation twenty verse ten. He's in the beginning of the good book here, and there's a right just right near the end, Revelation twenty verse ten, where it says The devil who what deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are, and they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. What's his future? It's like, we win, we win, we win. We know where he's going. He knows where he's going. Want to uh, John 10.10. 10. Let's go to John 10.10. 10. The thief, the devil, does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But Jesus came that they, they as we, may have life and have it to the abundance or have it more abundantly. The devil came to kill, steal, and destroy. Steal, kill, destroy. Jesus came that we would have life to the abundance. And we know at the end of the story that he is the great, great deceiver. The, the deceiver, the, the, the accuser of the brethren. Just bad guy all the way around. But what I want to talk about this morning, I'm trying to, still trying to figure out just exactly how I want to do this, is... is talk about the devil, talk about some of his ways, and some of the ways that he traps and imprisons us, even though we know what he's all about. I'm going to share with you a, a story that I know some of you have heard, so just just like, pretend like you haven't, and ooh and ah just a little bit, okay? S- several years, probably, I don't know, maybe eight, ten years ago, a little, little more than that, I had a, a special appointment that I had to go to for an eye appointment, and I was rushing to a brand new building in Nampa, uh, one of the St. Al's buildings over there, the new hospital off Garrity over there in Nampa. And it's like i was scrambling to get there really quick, and I got there. Finally, it took longer than I expected, or I started too late, one of the others. So I went running to the building. I, I open the door, look really quick where I'm supposed to go, run in there, run to the elevator. I'm the only one at the elevator. Push the button. The door opens. I whirl around and push the button. Third floor, Dr. Reynolds, third floor. I go up to the third floor. It's a brand new building, a brand new elevator, and it doesn't make the noises like a normal elevator, just like the light comes on, second floor, light comes on, third floor, doesn't adjust, just slowly comes to a stop, but no clunk you know, how they adjust it before the door opens and the ding and all that and nothing happens. So, you know, I just have to tell you that I'm a little claustrophobic and I don't like elevators and the thought of being stuck in an elevator is absolutely terrifying to me. So, that picture's painted. I'm in this elevator. It's acting weird right off the bat. It's like, I get up to the third floor and the door does not open. Oh, Lord, no. This can't be. So I push door open because we're at the third floor and it didn't do the adjust thing and it didn't ding. It's just like, just the light came on. It's like, it didn't open. So I hit door open again and it still doesn't open. So I hit third floor again and nothing happens. And so I nothing's happening. So the next thing I do... Just put my head in my hand trying to even remember the name of the doctor that I'm going to now because panic has started to set in. I'm stuck in an elevator. Just like what Job feared most came upon him. No, no. So I'm ready to start to panic and beat on the door and scream and figure out what to do because I can't even think who I would call. My mind is in just absolute panic mode. And I heard voices, like, oh, thank God. So I'm ready to start beating on the door, ask if they can push buttons out there or, or something. And it's like, whoa, those voices, they're, that sounds like they're behind me. And so I, I, I turned around, and there's a waiting room right there full of people. And it's just like, so I, like, did one of these, like, I don't want to make eye contact with anybody. It's like, I'm absolutely humiliated of what has transpired. I've been tricked and I've been fooled. And in my mind, I was absolutely locked and stuck in an elevator. I was terrified of being stuck in an elevator So I experienced everything that you would or that I would experience for being stuck in an elevator. But I wasn't stuck in an elevator. (laughs) Now, there's something that we have to realize about the enemy who is this incredible deceiver that he can begin to speak in our ear and when we listen to him, we can start to believe what he's saying even when it's not true and we can begin to experience those things as if they were true and find ourselves, it's like, I think, like you know, when you, uh, let's just say a panic attack. I pretty much was having a panic attack, borderline panic attack. I'm ready to start screaming and beating on the door of an elevator, yet the door is wide open behind me. All I have to do is turn, and it's like, and all of those people, I'm sure were thinking that same thing, like, what is this lunatic doing? Are you trying to get that door open and trying to push, 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 like, uh, so others that are looking on can certainly see, like, hey. Tommy, just turn. But, but what we're hearing and what we're experiencing is so real to us that <laughs> we don't see what everyone else sees sometimes. It's like, you know, when... Oh, I, I just say a panic attack or, or, or an anxiety attack. See, when the enemy starts telling you, bringing hopelessness into your life, bringing depression into your life, because all of a sudden, the, the voice has become so negative that you're hearing that's like, "Oh, it's hopeless. It's, it, it's hopeless. It's hopeless. And we can find ourselves trapped in something that the devil has created for us because it's absolutely real to us, when all we really need to do is turn to Jesus. He is the way, the truth, the life. He's the one that sets us free. But it's that enemy that wants to steal, steal, kill, and destroy but so many times, it's just the illusion that he is creating for us because we're listening to what he's saying and partnering with buying into his words. Does this make sense? It's like, oh, whoa, oh, oh. whoa. It's like James. We're going to talk a a little more about this, but, you know, James says, Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will free... free, He'll free fall. (laughs) He will flee from you. It's like, okay, submit to God. And that sometimes is just turning from... Oh, there's a, there's a proverb that we need to, to, to read here. Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge Him and He will direct your paths or make your pathway straight. It's like as we think, think of. When I, knowing the message that I was going to be bringing and the songs that we were singing, it's like, no fear, no fear, you know, it's like, wow, that was amazing, amazing. The the songs, like, yes, yes, yes. I was getting all excited and getting all blessed and like, oh, God, you are so good. Set Just setting the stage for for this message, like, Lean not on your understanding, because your understanding can be tainted by the great deceiver. It's like when we start thinking about what our experiences, my experience with an elevator, for example, I know what elevators are supposed to do. They're supposed to stop, they're supposed to ding, they're supposed to adjust, so the floors are level, so you can walk out on a level floor. That thing didn't, so I... I was becoming hopeless, like, I'm stuck, I'm stuck, I'm stuck. And again, I say, when we begin to partner with the wrong voice because we start believing, and we flip over to Joshua where he says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You make your own choice. You make your own choice. Now I'm thinking, it, it's pretty easy for us to start listening again, listening to the voices on television, listening to the voices that are in the news, listening to the voices that's negative, 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 and finding ourselves imprisoned by hopelessness because of what we're partnering with. We're believing if we hear it enough, if we expose ourselves to it enough, we hear it, we partner with it, And we start to accept the fear that comes along with it. And the next thing, we can be finding ourselves in panic attacks. It's like, oh, solution? Submit to God. Submit to God. When we're fully submitted to him, trusting and believing in his words, what he has to say about it, then we know that we can Count on him. So I received three words several years ago. Get up and write these down. It's like trust, believe, receive. Trust in the Lord, believe in his promises and his word, and receive what he has promised you. That's freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. 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 Freedom from the curses of the enemy. Freedom from what he puts on you. It's like, in our mind, we can find ourselves. It's like, I did not partner with him. You didn't. You listened to his words. You bought into his words. So who did you partner with? Does fear come from God? Does anxiety come from God? Does worry come from God? Well, who does it come from? So when you grab onto it, when you hang onto it, who are you partnering with? What? Basically, the devil. It's like, choose this day whom you will or partner with. It's like, okay... You got me. You got me. I- I'm imprisoned by my thoughts because. Now, I did a little bit more research. Well, I end up having dreams. I have very dramatic, powerful, sometimes uh, dreams. And, and what kind of got me here is a, a dream. And I'm not going to go into the details of the dream because I'm still working on, working on it. But in the dream, I got... I was set up in a situation where you're. I'm brought in, I'm called to be leader of this. I don't even know exactly what it's going to be, but I've been called in to be leader. But it's going to be a big event, and we want you to lead it. And it's like, okay, okay. Then I realized the people that I'm going to be leading are people that I graduated from high school with. It's just like, uh-oh. But, 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 I mean, I look around, it's like, they don't look the same. (laughs) But they graduated in 1970 with me. So they're going to look at me, they're going to remember me from 1969 and 1970. And I was not an exemplary leader at that time. It's like, so I am listening to this voice here in the dream that's saying, Ain't no way you're gonna lead these people because they know you from 50 years ago. And it's just like, oh wow, but I know how but 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 I have Holy Spirit, but but I have it's like no, no way because they remember you who you were and what you were doing then. And it's like it's like so I, I am in the midst of this turmoil trying to decide. Can I, should I, this is probably not even going to work, is the last thing that I hear, and, and I wake up, just like, oh. you know how dreams can be so, so real, what you're experiencing in the dream, you're feeling it, you're just like, oh, oh, so I'm supposed to be leading this big event, and this dream, is like, now, all of these people that are here, the problem solvers, the planners and stuff that are going to be a, a part of this, they're seeing you back in 1969 and 70. Like, you know, that's exactly what the devil will try to do to each and every one of us. You know what you did, where you messed up, where, where you messed up? It's like... <sighs> They see you as a wild child. You were you doing some really stupid stuff. You know, this is how they're going to see you. You're not going to be able to lead these people in this big event that's about to happen that you're supposed to lead. No way. No way. That's how they see you. So, again, I felt in that dream that I was just like, I'm trapped in this. I'm trapped trying to decide because it's, it's the battle is taking place in my mind and the devil's winning. This makes sense? And that's what he does to us. He will tell you. Oh, you're not. You can't. There's no hope in this. You might as well just give up. That ain't working for you. You're not going to be able to do that. This is way too big for you. You're not smart enough. You're not good enough. You're not whatever. It's like, hmm. But what does God say? What does God say? See uh, 1 Corinthians 10.13. If we can get 1 Corinthians 10.13. Throw you a curve really quick. No temptation has overtaken you such, such as is not common to man. But God's faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able. But the temptation will also, but he will also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. You know, there's temptations and there's trials that are going to end up coming into our life, but God's given us always an escape route. You know, there's no temptation that's not gonna come, that he's not gonna give you the power, the authority, either over it or an opportunity to escape. I was, going back into this, I was, I was thinking, I was sharing with Pastor Tim a little bit the other day, uh, kind of expounding on this, this dream some. Uh, and I was like, oh my goodness. You know, the devil, as he's trying to get you, ensnare you, we'll just say ensnare you in, in your thoughts, because he is able to send you thoughts. You realize that the devil will be sending you thoughts. He cannot read your mind. He can't read your mind, but he can send you thoughts. Everybody agree with that? He will send you all kinds of thoughts, and we realize that's not my thought. That's not my thought. That's not my thought. Like, whoa, 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 whoa. That's not my thought. That's not my thought. That's That's when we have to submit to God what his word says, reject that thought. So that's submitting to God, resisting the devil, because he's sending you thoughts. He's bombarding you sometimes with thoughts. But I think he's the master at reading body language and reactions. You know, he's the great deceiver who's going to be trying to trick, to deceive, to send you stuff, send you thoughts, and then see how you react to those thoughts. This make sense? He's going to be bombarding you sometimes with thoughts and see how you react. And I was, you know, part of this dream was AI, artificial intelligence stuff, and I was then comparing to, to this, like, oh my goodness, you know, when you get on the internet and you start with your emails and, and all of the stuff that pops up there, sometimes all you have to do is say something, I can be talking to my wife, I can, I can say something and it'll pop up for sale. You know what I'm talking about? Like, huh, that must be the devil. <coughs> Algorithms, whatever that means. I started to learn a little bit about what. What does that mean, anyway? Anything that you will linger on. I've even kind of figured out by getting some things on the on there. That's like, pff, pff, what in the world? Where did that come from? Linger a little bit too long somewhere, and the next thing you find yourself bombarded with that whatever you lingered on. You you tracking with me, it's like, oh, well, <laughs> and then that's how the, that thing begins, you start to get bombarded by that and get advertisements, cookies, or whatever they call those, those things because you lingered a little bit, and I think when the devil starts giving you these thoughts and you linger and you hesitate and you're like, huh, huh, I wonder and he's paying attention to how we react to what he's feeding us and if you react the right or the wrong way then you're going to get more and more and more is this making sense it's like oh so i know some of your ways now this is an algorithm trick <laughs> that was funny Pastor Rich, maybe you're right. I do have a weird sense of humor. Uh, I'm just saying that he will entrap you with the stuff that he's sending you if you buy into it even a little bit and don't... Submit to God, fully submitting to God, believing and trusting and receiving all that he has for you, and resist the junk that the devil is sending you, you're giving him the wrong signals or the right signals for him to invade. And the next thing, you find yourself picking up those breadcrumbs and following him, and then you're caught. Is it making sense? Submit to God, resist the devil, and then watch him flee. He'd give up after a while if you don't start taking any of the bait. Okay, um, we're going to go, if you want to jump to Luke twenty-two forty-two, Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, I got asked a really interesting question earlier this week, like, how do you fully submit? It's like, well, how do you fully submit? It's like, man. There's there's two parts. This. Not only do we submit to God, but we absolutely have to resist the devil because we're going to be hearing from that devil constantly. You know, I had one more thing that I talking about the temptation, the resisting of temptation. We have a way. There was always an exit and always a way out. I started thinking about that when I was was younger. I had I struggled with my temper which, like, I'm such a nice guy right now. That's just hard to believe, isn't it? (laughs) I think I have a cousin here. Clint, are you still here? No? He left. (laughs) Well, good. Now I can... (laughs) No restraints now. (laughs) No, I I, uh, used to end up struggling quite a bit with my temper, and, and I came to realize he used that as a really good example for me when I could feel, it's like, there's always an opportunity to escape, and there's always a partnership that begins to take place. Choose, sometimes choose this moment who you will serve. Which direction you're going to go. Choose this moment. Now, I could tell, after I got a little bit older and started Connecting the dots. It's like, man, if I feel my ears start to warm up, that sounds weird, huh? (laughs) This is for real. If I can feel my ears start to warm up, I'm sure if I looked in the mirror, they would probably be red. Then it's time for me to call a timeout, walk away from, because I am really about to get mad and do something stupid. If I go past the ears warming up and can see like a a, a little glimmer of red, it's like I waited too long. I'm going to do something like, I've shared the story before about hitting people in the face, I mean, playing in a, in, in a, in, in a basketball game and in a, in a tournament, like where everybody's watching that's interested in any city league basketball anyway, and it's just went to the point too far, too far, Ears probably completely red. Too far. Somebody walks up in front. is like I just in the middle of not in the middle of the game. In the last four minutes of a game, just hit somebody in the face with a basketball from the other team. Bounced off his face up into the air. I caught it again. Somebody else ran up to me. It's like, are you kidding me? <laughs> so there's two people laying on the floor with with their noses bleeding on the floor. It's just like. And the referee had no idea what to call because he'd never seen anything like that before. (laughs) Neither of the referees, you know. So he's like, set me out of bounds and hand me the ball again and call me a name. (laughs) Like That kind of stuff I'm talking about. Like stupid, stupid. Uh, Ready to do something without any thought. But if I will catch that, I remain completely myself in control. I can turn away from and I can maintain my control. One of the fruits of the Spirit is self-control. It's like I can completely lose my testimony by the only Christian on the team. And I'm the one that hits two people in the face with a basketball and makes an absolute spectacle of myself. Embarrassment to what should have been an embarrassment to the whole team. Uh, and I'm the Christian. So, what does that do to my testimony? The people that watched it, my, that testimony, man, I could have lived a great life. I could have been in church every Sunday, so- which I was. I was. I was. But what did I do? I just killed my own testimony by one stupid action. Among both the people on that team, the people on the other team, the people that are watching. It's like, oh, if only I would have partnered with Holy Spirit, <sighs> taken a deep breath and not gotten crazy. It's like God will give you that opportunity, that moment to be able to escape, come to yourself, take control of your thoughts, your feelings, your emotions, so your body doesn't react and do something really dumb, like step into sin. Okay, I want to turn to first Peter chapter five verses five through 11. Chapter 5, verse 5. Likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another. Be clothed with humility, for God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. It's like, okay. How do we submit to God. We submit to God by resisting that pride that rises up within us, by resisting the temptation by the voice that we hear, and totally submitting our will, our pride, our thoughts, our feelings, our emotions to him, which is humbling ourselves. Are you with me? Humility, God gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. It's like, man, when I know the gift that I have, when I know what I can do, when I know what I can accomplish, and I am ready to jump in and kick the door open because I can do this, I can do this, I can do this, and I'm going to let you know that I can do this, It's like people when come in from a job interview and, oh, I know how I can do this, 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 this. And it's like, yeah, next. (laughs) It's like, humble yourselves that God will exalt you in due time. He sees your heart, your will, your pride, and it's his job to do these. And number seven is casting all your care upon him because he cares for you. Be sober, be vigilant because your adversary the devil walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Resist him, steadfast in the what? faith. Resist the devil, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. May the God of grace who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you've suffered a little while, it's like, is anybody saying that you're going to get by without a little suffering, without some temptation, without some pressure in your life? Absolutely not. But you won't be tempted or suffer beyond anything that, the rest of your brethren have not experienced, and that God will not give you a way out, authority over, or at least an escape route, if we will listen to his voice, turn and partner with his voice, not connecting with or partnering with the negative, negative voices of the enemy. But may the God of all grace, who called us to His eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a little while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. To Him be the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. I believe this morning that that. God wants to break open the prison doors. That anyone that has struggled with anxiety attacks, that has struggled with that that voice, the other voice, the condemning voice that's telling you, you can't, you can't, you don't, it's hopeless. I believe that this morning, that... That it's been not only revealed, but it's been confirmed and affirmed over and over again by the statements that were made. Fear, false evidence appearing real that the devil is sending your way so he can just trap you in your own prison. Are you hearing me? Do you want freedom? You want out of that? Let's stand together. And I would ask anyone, we're going to have the prayer team come up here in a few minutes, but I would just ask anyone that's been struggling with your thoughts, struggling with anxiety, panic attacks, anyone that's having these kind of struggles, let's get brave, let's set aside our pride and what anybody thinks, and let's just come on down to the front. We're going to pray to break that off. It's time that we were set free. You should not be in your own prison that he has set up and established for you. The prison of your mind. Come on down. Thank you Jesus we just thank you that you're the God of our salvation That your word says that your desire that you came you came to set the captives free to set the captives free the devil's goal and desire is that we would be his captives that we would be his prisoners he would have us imprisoned by our own thoughts that, or the thoughts that we believe are our own that he is sending our way I just thank you Jesus thank you Jesus thank you Jesus what's the song that you were yes yes I want us to we're going to walk through, lay hands on we're going to end up having a prayer a breakthrough prayer here just in a second, but I want all of us to end up making the same declaration. Look, come on in just a little a little bit more. Because so we're gonna make a declaration together as we're singing this. He, he is our hope, he is our salvation, he is our shepherd, he is our helper, he's the one that set us free this morning. You believing for it? Yes. Absolutely. Okay. Because you are with me, yes, Father, you're for me. And fear-